Blog Talk Radio. Space. Welcome to Squatch Detective Radio for today's date, August 1st, 2010. I am your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective, Steve Coles, along with the one, the only, Big G. Hey, good evening, Steve. Good evening, guests. Good evening, those listening on the phone. We've got a good evening going tonight. I've got the studio audience all lined up and prepped to go. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah, that's two dollars and add fifty cents for sauerkraut. Next question, uh, right uh, down the hall and to the left. Okay, Steve, I got that taken care of. I'll kick it right, right back over to you. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we had a great show. Uh, uh, people have probably uh, saw this cryptic Facebook post yesterday I made. Well, 
that information will be coming out, not tonight, but it will be coming out in a, in a few weeks. And, uh, yes, my, my, my friends, we have gotten the bullseye mark on the mystery blogger, but we'll talk more about that in weeks to come. Uh, other than that, the only news we have is that they're in Glens, uh, Queensbury, New York, which is right next to Glens Falls. There was a uh, sighting of some strange-looking animal with a tail described as dog-like but moved like a cat, and, uh, or rather kind of cat-like but stood like a dog and had a swagger like a cat. Uh, it sounds like a, uh, a, uh, a chupa cobra sighting in Queensbury almost, but we know most of those chupacabra sightings, you know, Big G, as we've talked, uh, have been actually coyotes or in one instance a wolf with a rare sort of mange, which makes the animal appear hairless. And boy, they look different, different very different hairless than they do with hair. What do yeah, you think, Big G? Yeah, they do. It's uh it's a tough one to it's a tough one to call. You know, it's uh we have to see the picture and uh, uh I know you've been, you know, working on that one, so it's uh that's up in the air. Yep. <clears throat> Actually. Well let's let's hop into it. We we got ourselves a super guest. We're gonna refer to him as Mr. Longbow tonight, or I'm gonna call him L B. <laughs> and um uh he's got he's got some uh, very interesting stories to tell about his mother's experiences and you know his own experience so without further ado again we always say we always preempt this that this is not something we investigate this is somebody that's come forward we treat them greatly we treat them with respect and on they come uh we will say this he is uh works for law enforcement somewhere in the state of ohio and that's all we're going to say about him and uh Mr. Longbow, how are you tonight? I'm good. I hope you guys are doing well, too. We are doing awesome, awesome. That we are. So let's let's hop right into it. We we had kind of bumped into each other on on a social networking site, and we started talking. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, you had mentioned that your your mom had had something happen back in the 40s. It was actually... uh, I, I quizzed her a little more since I talked to you and got a little more of the facts because uh, it was a story from when I was a kid, she told me, uh, when I first uh, got interested in Bigfoot and things like that. Uh, I think the movie Mysterious Monsters was the first thing I ever saw, or it could have been Boggy Creek, but she had made the mention back then when I was younger about uh, something they saw around 1954, and uh, they lived in a little town called it's uh, pronounced uh, Mallard. It's in uh, Kentucky, in Pike County, Kentucky. It's right near a little town called Elkhorn City. Um, very mountainous area. Um, a lot of homes uh, were like coal miners built simple homes back then uh, near the side of mountains. And uh, just it wouldn't be somewhere you'd build a house now because it's kind of rough terrain. But that's where she grew up uh, her whole life until she moved here to Ohio. Um, Back in uh, 58, 59, she was a teenager when this incident happened. Um, I'll set up for you kind of like where it was was at, kind of the landscape. Um, Her house that she grew up in, which is still standing, I can take you there now, um, the mountain came down to the back of the house. It was, uh, and when I say mountain, a lot of people think a rock mountain, but this is 
there's some rocks there, but it's a lot of straight uphill trees and just rough terrain, very thick cover. Um, they had uh, an incident that started this whole thing as my grandfather had a smokehouse. Uh, back then, refrigeration, uh, if you didn't have a lot of money, your refrigeration was, uh, you couldn't put a, you know, your ham in the fridge or whatever, so they smoked a lot of hogs that they raised and hung them in the smokehouse. By the time summer came around, that what you had put in for the fall was gone. Uh, it didn't keep a lot on, on, on hand. Uh, they had an old smokehouse out back, and my grandfather had noticed that something or someone had tried to tear the door off the hinge, even though there was no meat inside the smokehouse, and there was a small tree adjacent to it. She told me it was probably 12 inches around. Some of the branches on the tree were three and four inches around, and something had broke those branches off and just tore the bark off the tree. It looked like it might have something was kind of mad that it couldn't get in the smokehouse. That, that smoked meat smell stays in there all year round. Well, my grandfather kind of put it off to maybe be a bear or a bobcat at this time or, or what they call wildcats down in Kentucky. They call them a wildcat. Um, so the next incident was about a week after that, my grandmother had made biscuits uh, and had them on a, uh, on a board in the kitchen. Um, and then before she had left the house, she went to the neighbors. You had a pretty far walk to any neighbor, at the, I'm guessing two or three miles to the next neighbor down the road. And she had walked down there. And when she came back, before she left, she put the biscuits in the oven. Um, when she came back, the oven door was open. Um, all the biscuits were gone. The back door had been shoved open, and there was a lot of dirt uh, and mud in what they call the mud room or washroom that came through into the kitchen. So I guess she gave she gave my uncles hell for eating all the biscuits, and they, you know, Grandma, we didn't, or Mom, we didn't do it, and she she still accused them of doing it, even though she told them to leave them alone because that was for my grandpa's dinner when he come home, and uh, they swore to God they never touched those biscuits, and that something had taken the biscuits out of the out of the house and made a little mess around, knocked a few things around. So once again, my grandpa, being the skeptic, puts it off to be a bear or something like that or or a hobo, something around that area. And you got to think, back then, there weren't Bigfoot reports. Um, people weren't out looking for him as far as around that area. That's not something you heard about. And... This is why my mom first mentioned this story to me, uh, due to the fact that, that this brought up an old memory, some of those old old movies and films and documentaries that she witnessed that we watched together. Um, the last thing was a week after the biscuit incident, there was a store across the road from where they grew up, and they always, you know, the old storekeeper, he took credit. It's one of those, like a Mayberry-type deal. Um, they were over there talking to him, and my aunt was looking up behind the hill, she saw something move the hill behind the house. There was a pine grove that had a um, some boulders and then old sheep paths that went up the hill where my great-grandmother used to have sheep. Um, she kept looking, and the store owner asked her, so what are you looking at? And she says, well, what is that laying up there? So he looks, and he starts looking closer, and he, it, he says, it looks like a man laying there. All they could see at that time was 
this person, it looked, they thought it was dark clothing, laid back on one, on the boulder and just kind of relaxing, and they could see the bottoms of the feet, and they could see one hand, one arm thrown up across the forehead like somebody was like laying back taking a nap, like everybody does on the couch once in a while. And my aunt started to know, she goes, that's not clothes, it, it's hair. That thing's covered in hair. And they milled around about and started kind of looking more and walking in that direction to look, get a better look. And this thing stood up and crouched down in like a squat and peered back at him through this opening in the pines. And the guy kept saying, the store owner kept saying that it was, he goes, I think that's a man. But then when it stood up, it started walking up the hill and they were, and my mom noticed that the stride that it was walking was huge strides and how tall this thing was and big. And it went up the hill away from them, turned back to look at them, turning its whole body. She said it didn't like, it didn't have a neck. It kind of, it was like built like a football player or like she describes me, built like a bull. And um, it walked out of sight up over the edge of the, the crest of the hill and what that goes on up into the mountain. And it really shook the, the, uh, the store owner. He didn't know what to do. And uh, they had constables back then. He didn't call a constable because he didn't want to appear like he was seeing things or they'd think he was drinking or something. So he called my grandpa. And grandpa came and him and my one uncle went up the hill to where this was at to see if maybe they could see if it was a, they, they, you know, the old, like it comes back, they always talked about the hobos, the railroads down there, that guys would jump off the railroad and live in town for a little while. Um, went up there to see if there was some guy camped out because he was trying to get an answer to his smokehouse door getting damaged and the back door getting pushed open and biscuits getting taken out. He thought it was somebody doing it. Um, Uncle Wayne was 6'3". Uh, and my mother, my aunt, and uh, the store owner were standing at the bottom of the hill. And when they got to where the thing was seated on the rock and where it had stood up, my mom was guessing that my Uncle Wayne would probably, the top of his head would come to the center of its chest. So you're talking yep. over maybe seven and a half feet close to it. And I always, you know, kind of, I thought people always exaggerated about the height of, of the things they see. Uh, I always thought eight to ten feet was kind of maybe a little bit of a fright. Um, that's too tall, you know, because you see a street sign at seven or ten feet high, and you're like, man, that's that's huge. Yep. Um, if you think about it in proportions to a walking biped, um, <laughs> and uh, that was that was what was shocking. The store owner realized then how big this thing was, and you know, once again, I'll say it again. Back then, she's. 15, 16 years old, had no idea what a Bigfoot was or had even heard of one. A lot of people down there had never heard of such a thing. Um, and and just to clarify, uh, sure. uh, this happened in Kentucky. This happened in okay. Pike County, Kentucky, yes, sir. There you go. Um, uh, that, that incident, she always remembers that because they think that might have been whatever it was that tried to get in the smokehouse and it came in their back door and that jogged her memory, you know, 20, 30 years later when she saw some of the reports that are on and, well, you know, you're talking now, you're talking uh, 60 years later. 
that she still talks about. She'll bring it up when she sees a report on TV. She'll say, do you remember when I told you about, and I always love the story, so I always have her tell it to me again. Now, now this all happened before pre-1958. Oh, yeah, pre-58. Yeah, Yeah, you're talking 55. She's guessing at her best guess, 55, 56. She was 15 or 16 years old. Now, and and as we know that the... uh, the Jerry Crew Bigfoot sighting, which, or the the track he found where, you know, the term Bigfoot got used, actually didn't happen until 1958, so right, that's exactly. pretty, pretty significant stuff. So they would, what, they would, what they would call this fellow was the wild man. They were always, and that's the story yeah. they told around down there is about, be watch out for the wild man. So that was one of the terms my grandpa started using. Um, gotcha. No, and, you know, no one ever thought to look for tracks back then, hair samples, stool samples, anything like that back then. It would be, you know, in the in the bad, the wonderful thing about it is that the way that country set out down there, it is the same now, right around that house, as it was then, if it's not even thicker now due to no one can build on that mountainside, and they've never put in a modern, what you would call modern two-lane road. The, the road's blacktop, but it's still... Um, very narrow when you go through this little area where they lived. Um, it's and it's more desolate now due to the fact that you know coal mines are over down there, and a lot of people have moved on. So it's a lot of abandoned houses, uh, abandoned properties. Uh, old people have died off. So it's it's even more desolate through there now than it used to be. Yep. Very. Very interesting. Big G, any questions from you? Well, that's kind of curious there about uh, opening the back door. Uh, that had to be a frightening experience. Well, see, that the thing about it was that what made it not so, it was frightening to him later on to where my grandfather actually put a lock across the door, like a board across the door, because it was just a, uh, you didn't lock your doors back then. Right. You know what I mean? And the back door was, uh, they had... A, a big door that was left open during the summer and um, just like a push-open screen door that they had there. So whatever it was, it pushed the door open. Um, when my grandmother would leave out the front door, she would set a bucket in front of the the door out back in case a neighborhood dog or something wanted to get in her because there was always dogs around. She loved pets, and uh, she would keep them out of the house during the day. So something that actually had the force enough to push that open and open an oven door and take out what was in there. Wow. So Steve, is that, a, is, is that common to see that happen, that kind of intrusion? I've, um, never, I've never heard of that before. Um, if you look at certain reports over the years, um, you know, I, I can think of, you know, Falk, Arkansas, raiding the, 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 the pig pen. Uh, you know, there was an incident at Hanobia, Oklahoma, or excuse me, Honubby, Oklahoma, where, you know, this deer locker was, was frequently visited and the deer would be hauled off. But, uh, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, uh, there may be a time where they get a little when I chopsy. Come to, come to think of it, I'm not going to mention the show, but there was a show that plays and they had the fishing cabin that was, now that I think yep. about it, you saying that the fishing cabin was entered and yep. things torn up yep. and thrown around. Yep, that was the, uh, the one of the very first monster quests they, they right, had. Right, right. I, um, I didn't know if you could say the name, but I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was a interesting 
that now that I think about it, yeah, there was an incident there where something actually went in and tossed some things around, and they didn't attribute it to being a bear due to the fact that they'd say bears would tear the lining of the um, refrigerator get, to get to the refrigerator due to the similar odor to, what is it, and like an anthill, I think yeah, is what yeah. you said. The well, you know what? Uh what stands out in my mind is the fact there was no destruction upon the uh, uh, entering the uh, premises, that there was no destruction just uh, direct, you know, for the food. Well, there was um, just a few things thrown around. She said nothing was destroyed as far as, like, no tables were busted, no. Just a flower, a flower bag was thrown on the floor. A, um, things, a couple things were knocked off the tables, plates, and maybe a centerpiece, things like that. Nothing, nothing tore up, or, or and that always amazed me. Also, that this, uh, you know, seven foot five didn't like a bull in a china shop, you know, in someone's house. Yeah, it made its way in and made its way out. So that's yeah. a strange thing. Doesn't doesn't seem, um, in my mind, it comes across as not threatening, more of a curious type. Uh, um, Agreed. Action, you know. Agreed. Yes. Food curiosity. Yeah, yeah. That smell, because I, you know, I, I don't know if anybody's ever had southern homemade biscuits, but they, uh, <laughs> they throw, the, throw the bacon grease on top of them and you know let that brown, and that's kind of a, one of the best smells you ever smell. You know what I mean? <laughs> so call your doctor when you have some of those. So, but, uh, boy, oh boy, to, I, that makes me trying to hungry. find the app. Probably trying to find the apple butter or the uh, the spread. Oh yeah, something to put on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So let's uh, let's throw out the number here for for our listeners out there. The call-in number is three four seven nine nine six five eight zero zero. If you have any questions for our guest tonight, who we're calling Mr. Longbow, um, you know uh, we've just uh, talked about his mom's experiences for those coming in late. And um, that was down in Pike County, Kentucky, and uh, very interesting, uh, interesting stuff. Now, the family re- relocated, or his mom relocated to Ohio, which is where Mr. Longbow is from, and uh, he works in you know, law enforcement there. And, uh, well, he, back, I'd say, uh, what was it, 97, you, you said? Uh, that, uh, 97, 98, uh, I had a... I guess what you'd call a, a vocalization incident. Yep. Um, not the full-blown vocalization everybody hears, but uh, I've been, my dad was a big-time hunter. Uh, I've been a hunter all my life, still am. Uh, love being in the woods. I've hunted in different states, uh, all different kind of animals. Uh, I've heard just about everything you could hear noise-wise in the woods that's explainable. Um at this part I'm going to tell you, I was uh, bow hunting for white-tailed deer here in Ohio. It's uh, October, early October, uh, mid-October. Uh, pretty warm out. Uh, it's in, in, a, in the low 70s, you know, not, not good hunting weather, but when the season comes, I can't stand to be in the house. So uh, I, had gone to a, yeah, I had gone to a little area I like to uh, go kind to. Of, kind of. Kind of like me and Big G in buffet season. Oh, oh there you buffet go. season year round. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I went to a, I own a property next to this farmer. Uh, 
farmer has a lot of acreage where I don't have a lot, and he uh, invited me to hunt on his place. Um, so I found a, a spot near uh, where a ridge comes off and, and goes into a lowland. There's actually an old covered wagon haul road that runs through this woods, um, and the bottom part of the woods goes into a swamp and then up another hill on the other side. So I'm kind of down in a down in a valley. Um, I put myself in a like a blow-down old cherry tree that had a branch I could sit on, just sitting on the ground, and then one at my back, and offered good cover. I could watch this uh, haul road. A lot of deer use the road. Um, it was getting close to dark, so you're talking here, you know, Midwest, uh, quarter to five, 4.30, quarter to 5, and I decided, well, it's a, it was a pretty long haul. It was about a mile from the fence to where I had parked, and then it was another quarter mile down into the woods. Um, not a lot of neighboring uh, houses or people. There was one house to the west of us, uh, probably two miles away. Um, I was packing up my gear, and I heard... Behind me, I heard a sound that sounded sort of like a child's whimper is the best I could describe it. Um, and I thought for a moment, I had just, uh, I've been in law enforcement a few years when this happened, your senses are kind of tuned to what's going on around you. And I thought, and especially if you hunt, you kind of got that, like they always, the, the mystical sixth sense about something's around or something's watching you. And I kept having that feeling the whole time I was there all day, like I was being watched. Um, but this made me, the sound I heard, I thought one of the kids, there were two little girls that lived on the farm, the one I told you was closest, uh, two miles away, and I was afraid that one of them had wandered into that swamp and something had happened to them. So I, you know, checked myself for a moment and kept real still and wanted to listen, and the sound came again, uh, of a whimper into sort of a giggle, and then like a, I guess they call it a chortle. Um, crows make a, a weird noise sometimes, and this was nothing crow-like. There's a lot of turkey there. There was no. It was not a turkey noise. Uh, it was not a noise that a fawn or a doe or a buck would make, and no coyote noise. That's about. I've covered about all the animals that would be. I, I went through this index in my mind about could it be that? No, it's not that. And I, I knew it was. A, I thought it was a person is the best I could describe it. Um, it, The brush was very thick uh, across into the swamp, and I could not uh, see anything. So about 20 yards out from where I was sitting was a stump that where the farmer had cut the tree off. They had trees blow down during a storm. He trimmed it up pretty well and cut the tree off, and I got on top of the stump to get a little better eye view, uh, in the direction of where the sound was coming from. The sound was coming from another blow-down tree that had fell into the swamp, and the foliage was still on the tree, so it was in the briars and green briar and multi-flower rose, and then there's trees in the middle of all that mess. And I kept thinking, if it is a child, uh, what's the best way I could get in there due to the thickness and try to help this kid out if they're caught in a swamp? And then I thought to myself, well, why would the... Why would it sound like a giggle uh, or a chortle, a weird throaty noise? Why would it sound like that? And I just kept trying to figure out, the whole time I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out what did I hear, what did I hear. And um, 
it did it when I got on top of the stump and was looking. I heard it again. Um, uh, it, it, so I kept looking, and you got to bear with me because this was a this was a, this scared the hell out of me. Um, and like I say, I'm five uh, ten. Uh, 250. I was a power lifter. I bench press 520. I'm not scared of too much things as far as uh, in the work I do. I'm not scared of too many people or people on the street, but this really shook me as far as uh, what happened next. I stepped off of the stump and was walking towards where I thought the noise was coming from, and I was met with a almost like a growl and uh, an expulsion of air, uh, like a like a huff sound. Um, since I've had kids, uh, had a young a little girl, I've been to zoos and everything since then. I'd never been to a zoo until uh, I was up in my my late 30s when I had this little girl. She wanted to go to the zoo, and the best thing I can describe to you it's it's a noise that sort of sounds like a gorilla. Um, not the sound of a bear. But it, it was a noise that I heard a gorilla make before. Now that I, after I, this is a long time after the incident that I heard this noise that I realized what I was, that it sort of sounded that way. It was the closest description to it. I stopped and uh, I put an arrow out of my quiver on the string. It, I was very uneasy. Um, I was had been uneasy all day due to the feeling like someone was watching me or something. Um, put an arrow on the string hoping that I didn't have to use it if it was a, because I kept thinking, are there bulls in here or the cows? And there's no cows in there anymore. They quit using having cows in the area for about five years. And I learned this the next day when I had uh, talked to the farmer because I was asking if there were any bulls down there because that's sort of like that the bull noise, gorilla noise, whatever it was, was big and made a heck of a rumble when it made this growl. Um... I stayed where I was at for a couple minutes, and then uh, I heard some brush moving and a few sticks breaking. Um, walked a little closer to see if I could get any more of a look to just to make sure, and I was met with another growl into almost one of the whoop sounds. Um, at this time, you know, now my mind's racing, and I'm thinking, get the hell out of here. I have my flight sense on. So I started back up the hill. I got halfway up the hill to where the fence was at and turned around and got my binoculars out to look. Um, Could not see anything, didn't hear anything after that. Um, But I still had that hair on the back of my neck was raised up. So I got over the fence and I ran the rest of the way to my Jeep. (laughs) I was just, and I could honestly tell you, I was scared. I was scared on my wits. It was something big and I'd never heard those types of noises before and um, I talked to the farmer the next day um, by the way I've never been back there I, I had no I drove I drive by it all the time when I go to my property I've not wanted to go back there by myself um, not even with a firearm uh, and uh, I talked to the farmer the next day to ask him about the possibility of cattle being in there and he explained to me that all the cattle are never on that side of the road anymore. They're over to the other side, about a mile away. Um, so 
I didn't have, it wasn't, like I say, I didn't see anything, couldn't see anything. Um, if it had wanted to be seen, I know it probably could. And if I had wanted to see it and push it, I probably could have, but something told me not to, to go any closer than I got. And um, I'm kind of glad I didn't see anything. You know what I mean? It was uh, just to that point that I was, it frightened me enough just at what had happened. I, I think it was telling you not to go any further. <laughs> yeah. Because I had heard stories before about uh, people sighting uh, around the lake down there in that county, um, Carroll County, Ohio, uh, a sighting possibly of one. And I never paid any attention to it because this was farther away, pretty far away from where that sighting had been. And that was, this has been after that I heard about the sighting after that. And I, never was concerned about where I actually go, but this, it makes me think that maybe there's a good possibility there was something in there. Um, and recently there's been a sighting uh, vocalization that I saw reported in Mechanicstown, which is, oh, as the crow flies 10 miles, which is not far to travel, um, from where this incident took place with me. Right. How long ago was that? Yeah, that last sighting My, or vocalization. A vocalization that was, I keep thinking that was this year or last year. Uh-huh. That was reported in Mechanicstown. And I think that's on uh, BFRO.net. Now, here's a here's a question for you. Sure. Uh, now, you said you talked to the farmer. Did the farmer relay to you any strange things or anything going on? No, you know, I didn't have the best to say, uh, hey, I heard something down here and it scared me because I just didn't know how to bring it up. And I've, I've never brought it up to him. He still lives there. He's not, an, he's not an old gentleman. He's a younger guy that inherited this farm from his family. And I... Um, I've never brought it up to him, I, and someday I think I will, but I just don't know. I don't, you know. Here's the that's the thing, and I know we've all felt that way. If anything like that's happened, or if something goofy's happened to you, yeah, you don't want to bring it up because you know people thinking you're a kook. And, uh, okay, we we do have a caller with a question, so I'll, sure. I'll get them on real quick. Uh, is this Mr. Ted? Yeah, this is me. Do you hear me, Steve? Yes, I do. Uh, would you? Okay. You got a question for our, our caller, our guest tonight? Yeah. Uh, when Mr. Longbow was uh, being watched, did it feel like uh, he was being watched behind him, the sides, and the front? Did he get any feeling of where the where he's being watched from? Um. You know, if if I, were, if I recall. I felt it was to my right uh, where the where the road. I was at the end of where this wagon uh, trail, almost to the end where it opens up into a field, um, sort of like a little cove, I guess you could call it. Um, and I always felt it was it was to the right that I felt because I kept looking that way, thinking that that's the direction I felt uneasy um, to my right, and it's. Uh, pretty thick on that side too as far as brush and everything goes but I never heard anything in that direction okay um, let me yeah let me, let me get back to Ted see if he's got anything 
All right, Ted, you've got an awful background noise, so uh, you have any other questions, my man? No, not no. I'll, uh, I'll mute myself and I'll talk to you later. All right. Take it easy, Ted. And thanks for giving us a shout in. And, um, yeah, um... Well, everything that, uh, you know, LB is saying there goes along with uh, pretty much a lot of the reports that we hear and pretty much some of the other things that go on. Um, uh, it's interesting that you've uh, heard about another event going on down there. Um, do you periodically hear things? I mean, as far as uh, people reporting things, or uh, no, have you pursued I, it any further? No, I haven't pursued it any further. I talked to... Uh, um, when I when I first uh, saw this uh, this web show, I before I got on, I looked up a few things to see if maybe because I know a lot of times they'll list a county in the state and they'll show if there's any reports. And I've always been curious if uh, anybody ever reported anything around there. And, and then I saw the one in Mechanicstown was uh, reported, and I thought that's you know pretty close. But as far as uh, I did talk to a guy that lived in Coshocton maybe five years after this incident, and I don't think he no, any longer does any kind of research or anything. I think he retired from doing uh, any kind of Bigfoot research, and he told me that, that you know, um, that that was it, things that I mentioned to him kind of went along with uh, some of the vocalization sounds that other people have reported hearing and uh, the feeling of being watched in the woods. And that's the first time I can honestly tell you that I ever had that feeling. And it was probably the second time I had ever hunted in that spot. The first time I ever hunted there, it was great. That's why I went back. It was nice and quiet and uh, just a nice place to sit and relax and get out in the woods for an evening. And, um, Absolutely. You know, I got a question out of the studio here. Um, with your mom's event and with the event you had and the recent one you heard McKinney, so by any chance has this piqued your curiosity to the point where you may uh, make further inquiries with, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, your dispatch center or uh, with other uh, people in your line of work and uh, yourself? Will this also uh, get you more involved? Obviously you have an interest. Uh, is this piquing your curiosity? It's, my curiosity is peaked, yes. Um, I just recently got Internet. Uh, I never did uh, deal with it too much. And um, uh, you're able to look up a few things on there and maybe find something, find an answer or something similar to what you experienced. Uh, and it's, it's kind of nice to find something, like I found the one in Mechanicstown, is close. So I know if I wanted to go talk to somebody, that works in that county because of my job. I could, you know, I have contacts with other counties. Um, I wouldn't feel too bad about asking a guy, hey, did you ever see anything weird, or kind of mention it to him, and if they were receptive to it, I would tell them, um, you know, if they didn't come off like it was I'm asking them something stupid, I would right. actually elaborate a little bit on what I experienced to see if maybe someone else around there had heard anything or seen anything. Um, well, I'll tell you, you know, uh, Steve and I are both, we feel very privileged and uh, can't thank you enough for being here. We've spoken to uh, law enforcement and uh, uh, don't feel honored. We are 
Uh, anyway, we've spoken to people in law enforcement and uh, uh, forestry and things of that nature and rangers and such, and uh, privately they'll come forward with information, but publicly, obviously, because of the job, um, you know, that they won't or can't. And uh, we feel very privileged to have you here. And uh, if there's any possibility, you could uh, dabble into this a little further and get back to us, you know, oh, you'd be, you'd be a great pipeline, and we'd love to, you know, gather as much information as we can. And, of course, we do respect your privacy. And, again, I'm gonna, I, I'd like to thank you again. And I can, uh, well, I'm going to get off the soapbox. Steve, go ahead. <laughs> Steve, you still there? All right. Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, again, this is this has just been an, an amazing uh, amount of information that you've given us. And um, if uh, anybody has any questions, please feel free to call in. Phone number is three four seven nine nine six five eight zero zero. And any questions in the uh, chat room, please put them in caps. Um, it, it's it's not often that we have someone to come forward. Uh, again, with experiences and stuff, and boy, you just uh, everything you experience fits the bill. Um, uh, yeah. What uh, what what do you feel about the future? And uh, what's your uh, plans for the future now that we've got your uh, interest peaked? Um, I w you know, I would love to find uh, if take the time and find. I'd love to find a footprint or something solid that was in the area where I was at. But like I say, I haven't been back. Um, uh, it might be one of those things that I have to suck it up and go back and just look around a little more and maybe uh, go in the opposite side of where I was at and see if there's anything on that in that part of the woods um, there, and maybe talk to that farmer and see if he's ever heard or seen anything. And uh, I think he's back. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Am I here? Do you got me? Yep. You're there. We got you. All right. All right. Yep. Had a little little glitch with the uh, microphone. <laughs> uh, once it gets pulled out and it accidentally got ganged out for some reason, it couldn't connect back in. Once it was plugged back in, so I had to get out of there and get back in. But um, what I was going to say is, is that I have a uh, uh, a couple of folks down in Kentucky. Um, they're in the chat room tonight, and uh, with your permission, I'd like to put them in contact with you. Oh, yes, so no problem can, there. And uh, they can take a look at your mom's area, where your mom had her sighting, and uh, we'll, uh, maybe we can get a volunteer or two from Ohio to uh, assist, assist with you on your Ohio stuff. So there's a little, little uh, pop for our friends down at the BFRP. There you go. Um, so, uh, which is the Bigfoot Research Project dot com, mm -hmm. and uh, they're out of they're out of uh, Horse Cave, Kentucky. So, oh, okay. So, um, I'm sure, the gentlemen down there are good friends of mine, and I'm sure they'll uh, be more than willing to get your information and get the locations and check it out, and maybe have something for their website. So, sure thing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I kind of lost that last bit of the conversation, but. Um, one of the things I, I I get and I appreciate is your level of detail when you're telling us these things. And that, I believe, has a lot to do with your law enforcement training. Yes, sir, it does. Yep. Yeah, we got so, a, you, uh, I've got that 
I guess it's, you call it a habit now of uh, <laughs> making sure you dot your I's and, you know, cross the T's and everything. So I try to keep a good memory about things that happen. Um, especially with that, that's something I'll never forget as far as uh, even at the, the level I was, that it had scared me. Um, I mean, aside from not going back into that area, how has it affected you, per se, in your thoughts about things? I mean, were you, were you always a Bigfoot believer? No, I can't Even, say I, I can't say I always was. Um, I uh, everything just seemed to uh, I don't know the way the media was back when I was a kid as far as things like that. You you saw things about it, and you know, like you saw a couple movies here and there. And when you're a kid, you think, oh, that that's fake. You know, you can see it's a mask or whatever. And then when, as far as uh, technology goes, and people start delving into it a little more and giving you a little more information on things about uh, musculature and uh, uh, you know the deformed feet that they have sometimes or broken toes or um, things like that that you see, it, it kind of makes you think, hey, wait a minute, you know. And then when you get on, you know, you read a book and Jane Goodall, uh, who is a, uh, you know, primate expert, says that she believes there is something out there, uh, it makes you think even more. Uh, that, And that's kind of turned my way of thinking around um, as far as... Uh, things you see in the media now obviously there's a ton of fake stuff out there and there's a ton of people that put a lot of bs on the internet and you just you can tell that i mean i'm by no means i'm not a bigfoot researcher i'm not a um anything like that or even a primate expert or anything like that but you can see the things that are fake and uh, a nine-year-old can see it's fake but things that you know if you go into the patterson film and things like that where they broke it down into frames and start talking about muscle movement and skeletal structure and things like that, uh, and even like uh, get into like where I used to power lift your the muscle movements and things like that. I learned uh, from doing that. You see, wow, you know that yep. is real. So now, now let me ask you this: Have you told anybody? You know, law enforcement-wise, about what had happened, any of your buddies or anything like that, and no. if so, what was their? No, okay. I've never told anyone yeah. I've worked with uh, yeah. this story. I made a report uh, of the incident maybe 2004. Uh, that was when I had the courage to kind of talk about it a little bit to this gentleman that. Uh, he actually, I, I left him a message. He called me on the phone. Um, since then, he has quit doing yep. anything. And uh, that's the one gentleman I spoke to. Uh, I told my dad, my, and uh, my dad was always a scoffer at stuff like that. So it didn't do any good to tell him. But my mom believes it. And uh, when I told her, my, my dad was kind of surprised about how shook I was about the incident after I came home. So it, it uh, but he says it was explainable, and I still can't explain it. So right. that's, you know. 
by that 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 must have been a, that must be an interesting household where where <laughs> I can oh, just see it. Oh, the the boy the boys just and your mom's probably yelling at your dad. Oh, what's it be? That's the way it was. He, uh, you know, he, he didn't believe any of it, and he would, uh, you know, he been sitting in the woods too long, got scared when it got dark, and it wasn't, you know, that's what I tried to tell you, Pop, it wasn't dark yet. You know, I was leaving before it got dark, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I got out of there before, because I usually, you know, I stay in the woods till after the, after it gets uh, pretty well dark where I need a flashlight to get out. And I've just now, and believe it or not, and this is from straight from the heart, the past three years, I've just now been able to start doing that again to where I stay in the woods after dark with the flashlight. I don't, uh, it was something I stopped doing. And that's the level of fear I had. Um, wow. Even though even though I'm armed, I'm still, you know, shooting a primitive bow and, bow and arrow. Uh, that's all I ever hunt with. Uh, and a knife and everything like that. I just, uh, uh, reports you see about the size and stuff, I'm not, you know, no. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm just afraid I'll make you mad. You know what I mean? So I'm not, uh, but I, in, in all honesty, and I'll say this, I don't know, a lot of people might get mad at me for saying this, but I think that might be the only way to come up with an answer is to have a body. Yep, there's a, there's, there's a lot of people that feel that way. And I know that's an angel uh, argument, because if it's more human than animal, you're talking about murder. Uh, in in my opinion, but it's uh, there's actually states that have on their legislature that it's a protected animal, um, which I've just seen recently. I didn't know states did that. Yeah, uh, there's two there's yep there's two counties that I can tell off the top of my head are actually one township in one county in uh, Skamania County, Washington has a, a law on the books, yes. and uh, for for many years. And uh, as of, I think, maybe eight years ago, um, the town of Whitehall, New York, put a law on the books as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, so. but that's, I think that's going to be, and none of this fake rubber suit shit with the, uh, you know, the, uh, like the guys <laughs> tried to pull. And uh, sorry to say that guy, one of the guys that helped out on that was a corrections officer. Shame on him. You know, that's nope. a terrible thing, some deer meat and uh, a rubber suit. That ain't gonna cut it. I mean, that's uh, that's what I'm talking about. There's people that hurt, uh, <clears throat> hurt the search, and hurt the research that's been done by doing yep. things like that, than help. And that's one of the bad things. It, it, they put you two or three steps back after you've taken well, uh, forward. Yep. Well, line four. One, line four. Okay, here we go. And uh, 318 area code, you're on Squatch Detective Radio. Good evening. 318 area code, you're on Squatch Detective Radio. Good evening. Steve, can you hear me? Yes. We got you. Did y'all happen to listen to uh, Coast to Coast on Friday night? Uh, no, I did not, actually. You did not. Okay. They had a guy that called in from Montana, just south of Billings. And he related a story that his, his friend's father was having some sheep that go missing. So he, you know, had a stakeout to see what was taking his sheep. And he shot what he thought was a bear taking his sheep. He killed it. He went over, turned it over, and it had a human face. 
okay. he, he freaked out, called his son, and said, listen, this is what I shot. You know, what should I do? His son told him, well, call the law enforcement to come down and check it out. He did so. And he was waiting for a return back from his from his father. Never happened. All right. Six hours went past, drove up there. His father stated, I never shot anything. The mountain in, in south of Billings was shut off by the National Guard. Okay. If you have a chance, go back and look at I, I don't have any names. I mean, I just know it was a few weeks past. It was a pretty interesting story. Yeah, it does sound like that, and thanks for relaying that. Um, what we'll do is uh, we'll, uh, we'll I'll give that a listen, and because uh, now my curiosity is definitely peaked. And I know, uh, I know, I know. You you are the detective. That's why I called you. The yeah. Yeah. We'll see if we can't get some uh, some inquiries out that way to see if we can confirm or deny some of that stuff. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for passing that along. All right. All right. Thanks no. for calling. You have a, All right. any questions? Or, you have a great night. No, 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 cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Great, interesting story. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes I I don't have the time to uh, really stay up till three o'clock in the morning sometimes and listen. <laughs> well, actually, actually, the strange thing is, is I do work on Friday nights, but where I'm at, I can't get coast to coast. So. <laughs> And uh, sometimes it's really hard, you know, between all the new age stuff, you know, with, you know, how, you know, the Mayan calendar says that on 12-21-12, we're all going to be obliterated, so. <laughs> I think they said that on 7-7 seven, seven of 77 also. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, we have just a few minutes left, and I want to thank you so much, Mr. Longbow, for, for getting involved. And get relaying your story. You're I will welcome. definitely, I will definitely stay in touch with you. Yes, sir. And likewise, you have my number. Feel free to give me a shout anytime. And what, what we'll do is, uh, I'll get the uh, Bigfoot Research Project in contact with you about your mom's sighting. Maybe they're close enough to take a peek into Ohio as well. I don't know. So that's okay. something you guys can work out. And, and any further assistance, just give me a shout. You got it. But. But thank you. It's been our honor to have you on tonight. Well, I've been honored you guys let me on tonight. I really appreciate it. Well, we'd love to have you back anytime. If I get something else, if I talk to a few fellas, I'll call you back. Oh, please We'd appreciate do. it. Please. Okay. But uh, thank you so much, LB. You're welcome. <laughs> Take care of yourself. All right. Take care. I'm gonna well, well, that, that I got to say was, well, wow. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. know about you, Pete. That was Absolutely. That was fantastic. And uh, that was really good. Uh, the curiosity is peaked there, and uh, we're able to get him some help there and get him in some good hands. And uh, actually looking forward to hearing from LB again. It's uh, yeah, looking absolutely. really good. Yep, yep. And, I, and I'm looking at this, and now we have this <clears throat> this coast-to-coast uh, -coast story. So we'll, we'll have to take a peek, see at it, and see if there's anything to it. Um, Either for or against, but you know, you know me, I'm I'm kind of leery on conspiracy theories, but 
we'll we'll give it a, a good listen and see what uh, see what we can um, come up with, if anything. <laughs> so it gives me something else to snoop on, and that's what we love to do. So anyway, next week we're going to have yet another. Uh, encounter witness on. This one's going to be coming from the Pacific Northwest. Her name is Beth, great gal, and uh, we'll be uh, getting on with that next week. And uh, maybe the week after or the week after that, we'll have some uh, show, which will probably either be open mic or have a couple of guests on, and we're going to hopefully be able to reveal our mystery blogger, but I think we've got him pinned down. But uh, Big J, your thoughts? No, actually, uh, no, looking forward to next week. Tonight was fantastic. Uh, again, looking forward to the future shows here. Uh, we'll take your muzzle off again. We'll uh, take you off a leash. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's just been very informative. It's nice to hear some uh, some new information. It's nice to hear some new stories. And, again, uh, don't anyone uh, hesitate to give us a call. We respect your privacy, just as you can see we did with this gentleman this evening. Uh, it's nice to hear someone from the law enforcement community that's uh, willing to come forward. And, again, we will protect your uh, anonymity. So um, other than that, that's really all i got to say, Steve. It's been a great show. Looking forward to next week. want to thank everybody for being in the studio and thank all those in the chat room. And thanks for uh, the tip on uh, uh, late night. Uh, we'll have to, again, we'll look into that. So uh, I guess that's about all i got here on this end. Uh, Meanwhile, let me go man the uh, souvenir booth here in the studio, and we'll catch up to you later, Steve. And Boy, thanks, it sounds, like, it sounds like Studio West is kind of busy. Studio East is kind of quiet. We like it. <laughs> well, I got to I got to tell you, I had to bribe everybody to come over to my studio tonight. All right, next week we'll send them to your studio. All right, thanks again, Steve. All right, brother and folks, we'll catch you all next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, and uh, everybody be safe, God bless, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Some kind of way out of here Said a joker to the beat There's too much confusion I can't get no relief